Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome in and welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Joining me, as always, we've got Keith Smith. My name's Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. We've got a ton of stuff to go over. I'm just realizing, as I just saw our intro again, that I've got to remove the Raptors celebrating an NBA championship <laughs> and, and fill that in with it with something from my Lakers celebrating an NBA championship. Not a bad time to be a Lakers yeah, fan. But Keith, I how are you doing? That's only fair. <laughs> I'm doing good. I suppose that's fair. I um you know I already picked up for those of you who are watching this Trevor's uh happily displaying a uh, Lakers 17 jersey. Yep. Um I had to make sure what 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 version that was. So um but yeah, you know congratulations to the Lakers. Um I'm just going to say this off the top. I've said this a million places elsewhere, but I will say it again no asterisk absolutely not they earned this championship every team was in the same boat that restarted if you didn't restart that's because you stunk and you didn't deserve to be there um you know but the teams that restarted they're in the same boat the lakers went through it all you know persevered through the whole thing and won you know deserving championship i I don't like this asterisk talk i think that's stupid i think it's absolute nonsense every year has something weird about it this year just happened to be they played it on a neutral site but you know a lot of ways that made it easier for the teams but if it was it was easier for everybody you know so that's not not like the lakers got an unfair advantage out of that or anything so yeah congratulations to the lakers congratulations to lebron james and most of all congratulations to rajon rondo and avery bradley a couple former celtics that's right that's right in fact we just did i just did a video for lakers nation all about avery bradley and why he still deserves a ring like there's even been that talk out there come on i mean the asterisk stuff that there's this guy doesn't deserve a ring no get it out of here I, I'm not here for that, but, but I, I get that the Marcus Cousins, if you want to have that sure. conversation, because he never played actually played, played. right? But yeah, they don't probably they probably win what four or five less regular season games mm-hmm. if Avery Bradley's not on the roster. Like he was a huge part of things, of course. If he'd blown out his knee right before the restart, you'd give him a give him a ring like right. that. That's just silly. Of course, he gets one. Yeah, he absolutely gets gets a ring. And Rob Polinka has already said that. Look, they're they're offering yeah. him a ring. That's not yeah. that's not even a question. Um, so you did actually, Keith did nail this, the, the Jersey, he actually (laughs) called it as an Andrew Bynum Jersey. And not many people would have picked up on that would have gone back to Andrew Bynum for this, but it is indeed an Andrew Bynum Jersey. One that I bought like six months before he got traded, but, but now I get to repurpose it because it's got 17 on it. And now, now works for the 17 NBA championships. Um, Keith, you know what though? I've gotten this a lot lately and we're going to do, we're going to do a general kind of overview of the NBA, NBA off season. But like friends and family members recently have kind of been, you know, that have said, hey, congratulations on the Lakers winning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that's been included in a lot of those messages has been, you'll be, it'll be nice for you to get a little bit of a break now. (laughs) And, and I, I have to explain, I've been doing this a lot lately, been explaining that no, actually, if anything. I get busier during the offseason because that's when we're dealing with trades and free agency and the draft and all that kind of stuff. It's not, you know, we're not doing a a live post-game show because there's no games on, but we still have our live shows. We still have all kinds of things that are that are happening. I'm assuming you get a lot of the same thing, right, Keith? 
Yeah, I do. The the people who don't really understand the rhythm of this season mm-hmm. uh, will hit me up with, you know, hey, it's over. We should get a little bit of a break now. And then I usually explain, <laughs> no. in a normal year, that break comes late July, mm-hmm. you know, early August, you know, right after summer league kind of wraps up. Normally, the NBA kind of goes to, to sleep a little bit during during those uh that that month long period or so leading up to training camp and and that's usually when we get our downtime and that's that's when we're you know out and about doing things and going on vacation this year clearly we still don't have dates i know we're going to talk about all that for much of what's going to happen um but yeah yeah it's not this is now busy season and and it's weird because for me so much of my content is built around the salary cap and mm. roster building and those kind of things. We held a lot of stuff because the bubble was really interesting and good basketball. So there was no shortage of great topics about the game. So we held a lot of that. So I've been, uh, you know, cranking in the hours for writing and putting things together, but, but it's, it's absolutely a labor of love. I, I love it. It's, you know, this is my, my, uh, you know, favorite time of the NBA calendar is now is we're prepping for the draft and getting ready for the season or the off season to start up. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm going to say this summer, probably 50 times. I've been doing um, the same thing. It's just, yeah, it's just ingrained, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, that becomes a synonym because otherwise you feel weird. Mm-hmm. Repeating, this off season, this off season, yeah. this off season. So I'm um, trying to say this fall, um, you know, but I don't even know if that's accurate because maybe it'll be this winter. I, I don't know. But, but yeah, so when I say this summer, I mean this off season. And if I'm really trying to be clear, I will say the off season of 2021. If I'm trying to be clear of next summer, like, like what right. could happen after this uh, next season starts and finishes. So, but yeah, man, it, it, it certainly is not time to rest uh, just yet. That, that'll come, but that period's going to be really small too yeah. because this off season's going to be really crammed in, and then we're going to get right back into training camp and games and all those kind of things. And yeah, normally we get like uh, like a six week. I don't even don't want to call it a break because we're still putting out content and everything, yeah. but just like a lull, yep. and that's usually like from August to about mid September. But who yep. knows with this year the way things are are falling? Um, why don't we start there, Keith? In fact, so we had been hearing okay. a couple of months ago. We'd been hearing, hey, maybe Christmas Day, maybe we'll be opening Christmas presents and kicking off the NBA season. Now it sounds like that's not so likely. So for everybody out there, when should we realistically expect the next NBA season to begin? Because I know, I know we're we're only a few days removed from the end of this season, but everybody's already looking ahead to next year next season yeah exactly yeah it's, i always say there's one team still celebrating and their fans and everybody else is like when's it start again right, right? and for some of those teams it's you think about if you're a hawks or hornets fan or any of those teams you haven't seen your team play since march 10th or 11th right you know it's been you know uh, seven months you know since you saw your team on the court and in that that's you know that, that's a long period of time so so what it sounds like it's gonna be is they still keep saying january but don't mistake Jan- January is a, you know, got, uh, what, what, got 31 days in it, I think. Um, that's bad. I should probably know that as the father of a 10 year old. Um, but yeah, I'll I think look that's it up. right. Yeah, 31 days. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. I, I'm doing the little math, the, the knuckle thing. I don't know. How to know that, <laughs> but yeah, I was, uh, yeah, so 31 days in it. So that's a lot of days. I think what we're going to see is MLK. I oh. think that's what they're kind of honing in on as um, tip off for the 2021 season which that'll be kind of cool too that's going to be yeah. just a one year season um so it'll be kind of nice to not have to do the whole you know 2020 21 you know i had thought about that that's a great point right yeah that's not a, having a to do like bit the bit hyphenated uh year exactly. i like it 
So, so yeah, so I, I like that too. So it, it sounds like that's what it's going to be is it's going to be MLK day. That's become a very special day mm-hmm. on the NBA calendar over the last several years that they, they, they kind of dominate the sports right. on that day. They, they always have uh, multiple games. I think most years it's most teams play. Um, they spread the games out. They start early in the afternoon here on the East coast and go all the way through uh, into the evening. So I think, I think what we're kind of honing in on is that's the day. Now you may, get a day or two in advance of that maybe the lakers play and kind of open the season um against somebody kind of what we normally get right on tip off night when there's a couple games um and those kind of things but but i think that's where we're headed is i think mlk are right around there now there is a secondary possibility that exists if by some miracle there's a vaccine out there and it seems like you know we can really get a lot of people in the stands if we wait wait until february or even march um, they've talked about saying, well, maybe that's the way to go. Cause again, they want to recoup as much of the money yes. that they've lost as possible. And if you can have as many fans in the stands for next season as, as you can, that's the goal. But, but I do think it's probably going to be, yo know, MLK around there, maybe with then, uh, we ramp up to how many people are allowed in the buildings as the season goes along. Well, and that's, and that's just it, right? That's why we don't know for sure what the date is going to be. Usually the NBA has it set like, Hey, this is going to be our opening day. This is when the season's going to start. They've at least got some, some basic dates out there by now, but, but we don't know because we don't know what everything's going to be looking like with, with COVID at that point. We know actually numbers yep. are starting to ramp up again, which was kind of expected as the weather gets cooler, yeah. but you know, if there is a vaccine on the horizon and the NBA is thinking, oh my gosh, we can actually fill stadiums again in say March, that's going to be a major incentive for them to go ahead and hold yeah. off. But I will say that, that your, your thoughts on MLK, you know, behind Christmas, that's probably the biggest NBA day of the year in terms of just yep. how many people are watching and the number of games that are spread out throughout the day. I know when I was teaching, I always had that day off. So it was all day basketball we got to watch yeah um so yeah. that would be that would make a lot of sense if you're not going to be able to do it by christmas mlk day i think that makes a lot of sense and we've already seen the atlanta hawks have special mlk jerseys and i think that would be a perfect opportunity yeah. to roll those out yeah absolutely i think it's a chance to continue the work that was started uh in the bubble mm-hmm. with the restart continue it on a very special day um with a lot of messaging you could you know kind of gear everything leading up to that um, teams are expecting there to be a very shortened training camp and a shortened preseason. Um, I had one coach say to me, I, I am hoping this finally convinces everybody we don't need any preseason games <laughs> at all. He, he hates them yeah. and he doesn't want any more. So, you know, and a lot of the coaches kind of fall in that camp. They're content, you know, I'm good to just do scrimmages. Or if they do preseason, it might be more regional where it'd be like the Lakers right. and Clippers you know, get together and do some kind of more controlled type scrimmaging and in preseason, kind of similar to what we saw before the restart where it was just, you know, here's a handful of these kind of games. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go, but it's all going to be super tight, you know, starting about a month from now, it's going to be all of it. It's going to be, things are a little quiet. We're going to start hearing a lot of the draft stuff over the next month because that's kind of what's going on now. I know we'll get into that. Um, But then it's going to get really condensed from there. And it's going to go free agency almost right into training camp, right into the season. You're not going to have another period where there's a downtime of much more than I'd say a week or so at most. And I don't even think it's going to be that because I think you'll get the bigger free agents out of the way. Um, and then it'll slot into filling out rosters and all those kind of things and things, you know, you and I are super interested in and listeners to this show to the, 
you know, the guys, you know, in spots, you know, 10 to 17 on a roster Mm -hmm. versus necessarily the, the, you know, key rotation guys. Yeah. And so let's, let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the, the whole free agent situation, what the kind of general overview of the league is now at this point, because this is not, when we were talking a year ago, Keith, we were projecting out, you know, what the salary cap might do, how things would look. Things have changed. Things have changed a lot. So to somebody who hasn't been, who has just been focused on the game, been focused on on watching the, the bubble play, and hasn't been thinking ahead to this offseason, what has, what has shifted? What's different? What are the important things to know heading into what could be, I think, a fairly busy offseason here? Yeah, so the, the big thing to know is we still, we're sitting here October 14th as we record this. We don't know what the salary cap is going right. to be. Anybody who tells you different, it's an estimate. You know, most of us, um, as are most of the teams, are working on it staying flat to this year. One thing we know for certain, because the parties have um, either come out directly and said it or indirectly have said it is, it's not going to be the BRI, the basketball-related income formula that drives the salary cap. That that can't happen. Right. That's gonna you'll come back with a cap of eighty seven million or something, and nobody wants that. No. That'd be such a mess for every team involved. It's just not not gonna happen. So what is gonna happen is they're gonna artificially set it, and what the belief is is that they will artificially set it at roughly the same number that it is this year. Now what they may do is allow the luxury tax to go up um, to what it was projected to be next year. That's the, the, the assumption I've been working on based off conversations with folks around the league and other people who do what I do is because the NBA has a sense of there are teams that weren't planning to be a luxury tax team Mm -hmm. next year that would be in the tax. Um, you know, if you're the team, you know, if you're a, think of the warriors, the, you know, last several years where it was, you know, they were 10, 15 million into the tax. You're you're in the tax. Sorry, too bad. Like that's you know that you knew you were going to be in the tax. Right. But if you were you know planning to just miss it and stay under by you know a couple million, well now if it you know stays at the same level and you're in, that's not necessarily you know fair to do to the team. They had planning for that. So so I think what you'll see is the cap number set at about roughly the same line, about 109 million. Then the luxury tax number we set about 139 million uh, for this coming season. That that that's the best kind of estimate um that's kind of out there that's kind of what we're all working off of and seems to make the most sense so so we'll see but that's all what they're working on this week next week because the goal is um to do that and then reopen the transaction window right now teams can't do anything Mm -hmm. now normally teams can make trades right as soon as their season ends we we saw you know a few years back uh, the detroit pistons made a trade in the middle of the nba finals um because their, their season was already over um, and that's something the NBA, they don't really love that. They, yeah. they try to, you know, don't take away from the finals, right? right? Like we want the eyes to be there. It's the same with the NFL, like Super Bowl and uh, Major League Baseball with the World Series and those kind of things. But um, but there's a transaction moratorium right now. Nobody can waive anybody. Nobody can sign anybody. Nobody can trade anybody. None of that stuff can happen. So what you're going to ultimately see is they are going to – Pick a cap number sometime in the next. My guess is by the end of next week, we will know. Then the transaction window will reopen up, and that gives teams about three to four weeks ahead of the NBA draft to start doing their stuff. Because teams don't want to draft without without having a um, either a finalized cap number or a really good estimate 
of, you know, this is about where we think it is. And that's what it is in a normal year. It's the estimate is this, and it might come in a million or two one way or the other off. But but I think that's where we're headed over the next couple of weeks. And then that'll start, you know, trades again and all the, the things, you know, we kind of get into leading up to the draft. Yeah, and, that, and that's just it exactly, right? They have to know going into the draft. I know people think about it yeah. as just, oh, we're just drafting rookies. But there are so many trade discussions that take place around the draft and not just using picks, but with players as well. And so you have to understand yeah. what the salary cap is at so you know what you're what you're talking about when you're looking at the numbers uh, on your spreadsheet. Now, one of the things that that I've been wondering about, Keith, and maybe you know this, uh, what does if they set the salary cap at say 109 million, like you're saying, they stick it where it's at, um, is that going to make an impact on the rookie salaries coming in? Does that change anything for yep. them? It will. So they're tied to the salary cap. They're 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 um they either go up or down by the same percent the salary cap goes at. So if it stays flat, then they'll be the they, for example, what I'm doing is I'm using exactly flat. This is super nerd stuff, but hey, if you're listening to this, you're probably into it, right? <laughs> so it's um one hundred and nine million one hundred and forty thousand. That's what the salary cap is right now. So that's what I'm using for next year. So that way, now partially that's because it makes everything easy. Then the minimum salaries stay the same, the right. maximum salaries stay the same, and the rookie scale salaries stay the same as they are this year. And that's what I'm expecting it to be, is roughly for them to stay the same. I don't expect it to go up. I don't really expect it to come down. Maybe it could come down. Maybe they could do like $107 million or something like that right. if you want to do a little bit buffer. But I think they're going to say – Let's just leave everything where it is this year. And there's some precedent to that. They've done that in the past. Um, it wasn't necessarily artificially set, but it was it was as a result of a new CBA negotiation where they kind of didn't exactly use the formula the way it was locked in. And then anytime they readjust that formula, they always do um, mechanisms where it's like, all right, this is how we're going to step these salaries up and those kind of things. So it just doesn't, you know, kind of explode out sure. of control. So that's, but yeah, the rookie salaries and then, you know, clearly a concern for for you guys there in laker nation is anthony davis yes right is what what would his max salary be set at so i think it would be set at a number that's similar to what it is this year so for anthony davis it's about 32.7 million mm -hmm. if my number is correct which i am fairly certain it is yeah that's what i've been seeing as well 32 points 32 million seven hundred forty two thousand dollars there it is super accurate yeah so that's that that's where he would be one thing with anthony davis that i will throw out there just in case folks are wondering because because it, it gets asked me a lot he is not super max eligible he, mm -hmm. he because he got traded He's traded yep. um so that that's why that's only if you were um with the team that originally drafted you or you were traded to a team while on your rookie scale um uh, contract are you do you become that super max eligible davis clearly was not so he's not super max eligible and i don't think the lakers are overly upset about that to be quite honest <laughs> no a little bit of money they can save a little bit of flexibility in the future and quite frankly davis and his team knew what they were getting into with that so there he's not worried about that either yeah exactly now i mean anthony davis aside looking at the free agent market this coming off season, because we know, look, it, it's not, this isn't the, some, the, I'm going to say summer again. This isn't the off season of, of Giannis, <laughs> right? There's not, yeah. there's not that, nope. that big marquee free agent out there, but for all the guys that are on the market right now, how is all of this going to impact them? I mean, I, I've been predicting that we're going to see a lot of one year deals 
based on the possibility of the cap going up in 2021 for all the guys who weren't able to cash in this summer. And it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of money out there either. Yeah, there's not. So money-wise, even if the cap had come in at the original estimate of $115 million, which we no longer expect, there were only going to be about six to eight teams with cap space. Um, now, with where it's at, I only project there to be six teams with cap space. And most of those teams are, are in one or two buckets. Either they're bad or they are, um, they're kind of spoken for, meaning Miami – they can have a bunch of cap space, but Miami's probably going to re-sign their guys yeah. to one-year deals that are that gives them the flexibility to then go into uh, 2021 and go star hunting, yeah. right, and go chasing after Giannis and um, you know anybody else who's a free agent that that uh, off season. Then um, and then the bad teams are you know they're they're the teams you know the Knicks, the Hornets, the Hawks. Um, those, those teams are you know they're they're going to have a bunch of cap space. So I'm not I'm not necessarily expecting. Um, you know, those guys to be big players for star star free agents. Right. Um, the good news is there really aren't any of those, right? <laughs> There's very few star free agents. I mean, I take Anthony – clearly Anthony Davis is a superstar, right? He's one of the best, what, at worst, five players mm-hmm. in the league if you're really, you know, pushing him down a couple slots. Um, but he is uh, – he's not leaving the Lakers. So what, what are we doing, right? I, right. It's funny because I saw some people say, and I'm sure you've been dealing with it too, he wouldn't commit. Well, nobody commits, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's just, just not what happens, right? It's And I honestly – I get why we do it because this is the last time we're going to see these guys yeah. as the media, um, you know, for a while. So you got to ask the questions when you can. But it's like – I mean, the dude just won a championship. Let him, you know, let him have his, uh, I don't was it even champagne? It looked like they were drinking beer, but whatever it was. <laughs> let him have his beer, champagne, a cigar, and let him chill. They had anything you know, they wanted had, at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wasn't giving you a real, no. yep, I'm re-signing a max deal here. You know, so I take him out of the mix. Brandon Ingram, he's probably going to back to the Pelicans. I can't imagine they're letting him go. He's probably the second best guy they, He would get a on max, the market. Right? What's that? He's getting a max, right? I would have to assume. Yeah, yes, correct. I mean, they're yeah, going to offer him He's going to get a max. Either he's getting one or a team's going to force New Orleans' hands. And I don't think the Pelicans will mess around. Someone I think they're going to give him a max yeah. you know, right away. Yeah, one way or another, he's getting a max deal. Um, And then didn't you get into you know a lot of guys with player options, Andre Drummond, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon Hayward, and those kind of things. And those player options are so big, most of the guys, guys are expected to opt in. So, yeah, I just I don't think we're going to see – a ton of movement via free agency at the highest end players. What I do think we will see is there are a lot of really good players that are good veteran guys like Paul Millsap, right? Could help any number of teams in the league. And I think you'll be able to get him on a relatively bargain contract. That's where I think you're going to see guys sign the one and two year contracts. um, Because I think what you'll see with those guys is, yeah, I'll sign up for this year, kind of let everything resettle, you know, and then if I don't like the destination or I think I can get more, you know, I'll opt out or those kind of things. I, I think what we'll probably see is a lot of one plus ones where it's, you know, I signed for 10 million this year and then I signed for a, um, a uh, you know, player option on the second year and then off we go. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking, um, you know, is the way this this will go. That's kind of loosely, you know, what, about, what I've been planning for is I kind of look um, – 
have I'm straddling two worlds here. I'm doing the projections and all that stuff for 2020. Mm-hmm. We're also looking at 2021 because clearly that's going to be our next massive free agent class with all sorts of really good players. And I project about half the league to have cap space set somehow. So let me let me jump back to the Anthony Davis thing real quick, yeah. and then um, so him saying, "I don't know what I'm doing," right? That's that is that's clutch sports 101, right? Like that's that's mm-hmm. what they do. And the reason for that, yeah. as I talked about in one of my shows recently, was um, the reason why you do that is because if you say now, if you're Anthony Davis and you say, I'm not going anywhere, I want to retire as a Laker, I want to be a Laker for the rest of my life, a month from now, the team could go and ship off a bunch of veterans for draft picks or something like that and blindside you. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to do that. Yeah. But right now, Anthony Davis has all the power because he has – 29 teams in the NBA who would love to sign him right now. I mean, maybe I don't know how New Orleans feels about him. So maybe 28, <laughs> yeah. right? All these teams. Maybe, so yeah. he has all that power, all that authority. And you give up some of that power as soon as you let that decision be known. And so that's yeah. just, that's not really something that you see guys doing anymore. As much as fans will like the eyeball yeah. emoji and all that. Does that mean he's leaving? No, that's not what it, what it means. There's, there isn't really any place for him to go. But in terms of the the contracts that we are going to see, no, this doesn't have like the big marquee headliner free agents, but I'm really excited because there are going to be some absolute bargains out there on the market. Because like you said, you're going to have these guys, your your Paul Millsaps of the world, uh, where at some point, the teams who are willing to spend this offseason, they're going to burn their money. And there yeah. are there's going to be players left standing and teams that aren't spending. And so those players that aren't getting that long-term deal, they're going to be looking around saying, well, if there's nothing long-term out there, nobody's offering me a four-year deal at the money that I want. Why don't I take a one-year deal someplace where, where I really want to be, whether that's someplace, yeah. you know, I want to go close to home or I want to go someplace where I can contend. So you're going to see some of these guys that are quality rotation players, maybe not superstars, but guys who are difference makers this season that are going to sign on on cheap one-year deals, maybe like you said, a one plus one key. So they have that little bit of added security, but I'm excited yeah. to see that because those, look, the, the big deals, those get all the attention and rightfully so. Where's Giannis going, right? Where, where's this free agent going? What's going to happen with Anthony Davis? But it's these deals around the edges that oftentimes wind up being a huge factor in the NBA season. I mean, look at the Miami Heat, the moves that they've made kind of on the periphery yep. that have really added up to a lot. So I'm thrilled to see what teams are going to do with those types of guys. Yeah, I go back to the Miami Heat. We are the only type of show that would have invested any amount of time, us and, you know, there's a couple others right. and everybody knows who they are, that would have talked about them signing Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I believe we were still uh, recording then. And I think we did talk yeah. about it in one of the very, you know, one of our much older episodes from a, from a, you know, a year plus ago. Um, and we, in those moves matter, right? Those were, you know, that's a starter on a championship team. None was a key rotation guy for them all season long. It kind of fell out of favor in the bubble a little bit, but then kind of re came back in after Goran Dragic got hurt. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, you know, where, where that goes. And then as you get into, you know, think of then, you know, in the off season, right. I, I look at like your Lakers, right. Sure. Nobody got super excited about Avery Bradley for the room exception last year. But Avery Bradley ended up being a key player for the Lakers all season long. Yeah. You know, re-signing. You know, we had the conversations of, well, you kind of hamstring yourself with re-signing all these guys with player options because then you can't trade them. And, you know, and it ended up working out fine. But those moves all 
made a difference and all mattered. And you were all big in terms of the Lakers winning the title. It was, you know, as much as LeBron and AD were the engines of that team, of course they were, but, you know, key role players all throughout, you know, making, making plays. And then Markeith Morris was a in-season addition, but somebody like him this summer is going to get a contract that we're all kind of like, I kind of like that, you know, for, you know, 5 million or whatever it is, you know, part of the mid-level exception or, you know, something like that. And we're all going to, you know, kind of, we're going to say we like it at the time. Then we're not going to think too much about it. And then, you know, the season will be going along. Like, Man, that was a really good signing. You know, they got him kind of on a steal. And that's going to happen, you know, over and over and over again. Because, so here's just, let's just start looking at math, yeah. right? Six teams with cap space. Then there's about another, let's call it 12-ish teams, uh, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe, maybe 20, um, you know, in that range, somewhere between 12 and 20 um, that are going to have the uh, full mid-level exception available. And then there's going to be, you know, eight, eight-ish or so teams that are only going to really have the taxpayer. So already you're looking at like, wow, that's not a lot of money right. available. There are 211 pending free agents <laughs> right now in the league. That's County, bigger. That is know, more than I thought. And that, that's now that's counting everybody. So yeah, let's knock so you, 35 off of that because of options. Right. Right. So we're down about 180 ish. Um, let's take um, let's add about another 20 because that doesn't include players who are non-guaranteed mm-hmm. contracts that'll get waived. So let's bump us back up to about 200 and then take 25 or so off because they're guys who just won't be in the NBA next year. Yeah. You know, they'll kind of have cycled out of the NBA. So it's going to be about 175-ish free agents. And, yeah, some of them are good. They're, they're minimum guys. They're end-of-the-bench filler um, type of players. But some of them are very good players, and there's just not going to be money to pay them. You're going to get a lot of guys who are going to take seven, eight, nine million next year that are coming off of maybe $20 million plus. Yeah. And it's not just because of a natural step down. And, right, Paul Millsap made $30 million this year. He's never going to make that much again in his career in a single season. But a normal year wouldn't see him step down to seven or eight million. It'd be fifteen to twenty. Right. You know, and then then he you know gradually steps down. Now we're going to see those guys you know step down even further. Yeah, and that and that's the thing, right? Is you're going to get guys for cheaper than what you should, and that's going to be really yeah. exciting to see. But you know, you mentioned six teams that have cap room. How many of those would you consider to be desirable locations? Like, so who are the who are the six, and how many do you think would actually be a draw? flipping screens? <laughs> so I apologize if I look away. No, you're from good. The camera. No, no, I, I need to. Get I know some of them off the top of my head. Like I know the the Hawks, uh, the, yeah, the Knicks. Yep. You know, let's see, let's see how many you can get. Oh, jeez. Hawks and Knicks. Uh, okay, so we've got we've got the Hawks, we've got the Knicks, one. you've got the the Hornets. I know we mentioned. Yep. Um, that's four. No, that's three. Right? The Kings have given out a lot of deals lately, nope, so I don't think the they're Kings. one of them. Um. Who else is in there? Orlando's East Coast got a team few. that stinks. What's that? An East Coast team or an Eastern Conference team that's terrible. Oh, an Eastern Conference team that's terrible. There's a few options there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, is that, the, the Bulls? Um, uh, nope. Bulls are over. The Bulls Pistons. are over. Oh, the Pistons. Pistons. I was I I went Pistons and, and I was thinking, no, they've got Derrick Rose. They've got some. They've got Blake Griffin. I was assuming those contracts, but everybody else. Not that much. Yeah. So, but so it's so it's so here here's where where the landscape mm-hmm. really is. It's Hawks, Knicks, Pistons, Hornets. We can feel good that those four teams will all have cap space. Yeah. Um, we we know that's going to be be you know highly likely to happen. 
Um, you asked, are they markets? No, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Atlanta, maybe. You know, I could see Atlanta being where sure. a couple of those veteran guys could say, I could be the guy in there. I could go there, be their seventh, eighth man, and help push them over the top and get them back to the playoffs. I, I can certainly see that. I could see, you know, like that's a place where I, I think a guy like Millsap makes a ton of sense for that team. Come in, kind of be the third big behind uh, Capella and Collins. Yeah. Um, let Dwayne Dedman only play, you know, eight to ten minutes a night. At the center spot, let Millsap play, play play the rest. You need a little more defense. You go to Millsap and those kind of things. He's a former Hawk. You know, I could see see that with him. Um, Hornets, no, probably not. They're not ready to win. Mitch Kupchak, you know, old Laker friend there. Know him well. Already yeah. on the record saying, you know, we'll eat bad contracts. Yep. Came out and said it. Directly said, you know, we're, we're you know, that team for that. Pistons, no. Plus a big chunk of their cap space is probably going to go to re-signing Christian Wood. Right. Um, which makes you know sense for them. Um, Knicks, that one's always hard, right? Because you, you never know what they're going to do. But it's the Knicks, right? Exactly. I mean, eventually, at some point, this is going to turn around. At some point, they it will turn around and they will be good again. So, so you've got the Knicks. The other two teams of the six that I project: Miami and Phoenix. Now, Miami, I already said they're a little bit mm-hmm. of a weird situation because they could just as soon stay over. I expect what the Heat will do is they're going to re-sign Goran Dragic and Drake Jay Crowder yep. to big one-year contract. Like $18 million for a year or something like that. We're going to see. At least, you yeah, know, maybe 20-plus for Dragic. You know, Crowder may get, you know, yeah, eight, 15 to 20. Because it's not the dollars, then it's the years. Correct, yeah. but for one year. Then when they have these cap space streams next offseason mm-hmm. in the summer of 2021 – they renounce those guys. They'll re-sign them with leftover cap space or exceptions or whatever. But what you really want to do when you look at it is if they then sign, let's say Dragic then signs for four years, $20 million, it was really five years, $40 million. Right. You know, that's you know kind of the deal he signed there. And you, you kind of put it all together that way. Sure. Um, and then the Suns. They can go either way. They they could stay over the cap if they want to keep guys like Dario Saric and Aaron Baines. And they've got um, momentum coming out of there. the bubble. Exactly, and that's but they can get to about eighteen point nine million mm-hmm. in space, and that's a good a good chunk of spending power in this uh, season. Otherwise, all they're going to have is about the nine point seven million dollar uh, non taxpayer mid level. You know, so so you can essentially double your cap space. Um, just by by saying, all right, we're going to let go of Baines, and nothing says you can't give Baines four million of that cap right. space or five million. And Sarge was he was kind of out of the rotation for them, so you know, so I, I kind of as I, as I look at it, there you know, could go either way. So so you've got the four teams. So then really, that's the longest answer to your how many are destinations? None. Yeah, that and that's <laughs> my point. Miami, Miami, Miami is, but by circumstance, they're not. Because they're not signing anybody long term this summer, because they're they're going star chasing next uh, off season, mm-hmm. and I just said summer too. Um, so there we should do like a charity. <laughs> we should, we we'll keep we'll, a little tally. We'll donate a. I was going to say a dollar, but we'll probably more like a nickel just to keep ourselves from poverty. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it is uh yeah, it's funny. So yo, know, Miami's not going to be Phoenix. Maybe sneakily could get somebody good. You know, but that's not even enough for a max. Um, Knicks, Hawks, you know, I mean, a little bit of a different situation there, but yeah, there's nobody there. That's like, there's no, um, Lakers, Clippers, uh, you know, marquee franchise that's in there. That's like, 
go get this guy, you know, no nets like there was last year where they kind of did the double maxes right. and the sign and trades and all those things um, to make that happen. That just doesn't exist. So that that's why we're really looking at. All right. And then those couple of those teams might be more in the idea of uh, let's do one year deals for reasonable money yeah. to preserve ourselves going into the off season of 2021 when maybe now we're in the mix to go chasing a star. And we know like a team like the Suns, right? They always manage to convince themselves like we're next They're up right there. or yep. you know, Marcus Aldridge or, you know, whoever it is, you could see them be like, we're meeting with Giannis. And it's like, poor Suns, like he's <laughs> never going there, but sure. You know, but maybe they are finally turning a corner with Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden and, you know, Monty Williams and those kind of things. So, yeah, it, it's definitely going to be, Yo, interesting, but yeah, bargains, bargains, bargains to be found all over the place. Hey, I, I will say that both you and I said there was no reason for the Suns to even be in the bubble, and then they proved yes. us. They proved us wrong. They went undefeated in, in the seeding round. That was yep. that was amazing and great way for them to finish their season. But but my point was, you look at those teams, and obviously, I've been more focused on the finals than looking at every team's salary cap sheets because I couldn't name <laughs> the top the six off the top of my head. But but I knew that you that close, though, you I kind of got there. That's that's what I'm going to start focusing on now. But um, when you're looking at those, at that grouping of teams, I knew there was nobody there that was all that desirable. So if you are, say, a Danilo Gallinari, who just had a comment the other day about how what's most important to him now that he's older, I think he's 32 now, is contending, not his next, yeah. not his contract. If you're looking at that, okay, the money is out there on all these teams that have no chance of really contending aside from maybe, say, Miami. So maybe he looks at, maybe he looks at that, but those other five teams, they're not going to be a draw. So even though they have money to spend, there's guys that, that aren't going to want to go there and they're going to be making the decision. Do I want to take a little bit less for one year to go somewhere that I feel like I can win? Or do I want to sign on with one of these teams? And it's also not a guarantee yeah. that those teams are going to want to spend to lock up some of the players that are available right now. So again, I think everything is set up for some extreme one-year bargains this year. Yeah, and I, I think too. I like to use Gallinari. He's and, and I promise you guys, we're not this good. We didn't do set up these transition points. <laughs> we, we don't we don't spend that much time on it. Um, but it, it is a perfect transition point too. I think we could see sign in trades mm -hmm. heavily used uh, this off season. He he's a perfect candidate for a sign in trade where you know you could sign and trade him to a good team for where he gets you know twenty million dollars you know a starting salary or something in that range and that's a you know number that becomes very easily to sign and trade to any number of contenders you know around the the NBA and that's something that makes a lot of sense there. Um the other thing is I think just regular trades are gonna be big mm -hmm. and talking to folks around the league. Um one of the things that they said is so great we're already at the cap but what we've got is our you know nine point seven million dollar MLA now what we have to do is sell our owner on adding $9.7 million more to our salary. And that becomes harder than saying, hey, we're going to send $25 million out in trade and we're going to bring back $25 million in trade. Mm -hmm. um, that's an easier conversation right. to have with your owner right now because these owners are, you know, they're they, – they as much as the players want the cap to be set artificially high, but knowing that is – that means we're paying out money we are not bringing right. back in. Yep. And there's going to be things that are going to happen. Get If you don't know the term escrow, if you have a home home mortgage, you probably have an escrow account is probably how part of your mortgage works. Um, but learn about escrow system and how all that works because that's where that that's, you know, that's going to be the term you're going to hear over and over and over again here is, is the escrow, the escrow, the escrow. 
um, and as you go into it, that's just going to be how this works. So, but yeah, it, it really does become as you get into this and you dive deeper into it, you're going to see an off season that looks very different, especially compared to the one where we just had mm-hmm. one uh, the lack of stars and the lack of space. But you're going to see, I think, a just as exciting off season because you're going to have a bunch of movement, and I think that starts at the draft because you have a draft that's pretty flat. There's a lot of really pretty good players throughout this draft. There's just not anybody you're trading up to one or two to try to get. But there are a whole bunch of guys, you know, all the way through. I've had teams tell me through 2025 players deep in this draft where you can expect them to come in and be rotation players. So you might see at the draft, you know, teams, uh, you know, hey, we can trade this player and this pick and move up a couple spots and get a guy we really like or or whatever. And the other piece is those rookie skill deals. Those are the ones you want, because especially in the uh, tight market yeah. where, you know, uh, owners might be, uh, you know, clutching their purse strings a little bit. You um you might see, you know, those rookie scale deals that are, you know, two, three, four million first year salary. That's that might be they might be far more happy to pay those out. So so it's gonna be interesting. It's definitely gonna be a buyer's market. That's the the thing. If if you're looking to buy, you're you're in a great spot yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it all starts in terms of the draft the draft trades and I'm expecting to see a number of deals on draft night or or maybe leading into yeah. it. But it all starts with the Golden State Warriors and what they wind up doing Correct. with their pick because that is probably what's considered to be the most available or what's going to be the most shopped yeah. selection because they are yeah. thinking, hey, we get everybody healthy next year. We're right there. We're contending for a championship. So you could see some fireworks right at the beginning of the draft, but all the way throughout, I think, again, we're going to see those moves on the margins that maybe don't create big headlines in the moment, but make a big difference over the course of the season. Yeah, I forget who it was. Somebody just tweeted today that they're kind of bouncing around mock drafts, and you can go do this yourself. I've done it. It kind of tends to be Anthony Edwards, um, LaMelo Ball are one, two in most of them. But after that, I've seen as many as seven or eight different guys at number three. You know, and every once in a while you see Edwards or Ball at three because they, they, you know, project somebody else to jump ahead of them. And that's exactly what, that's what makes for fun drafts because it's, Wait a minute, if if I want my guy, oh, he slipped a couple picks. Now he's in range right. where I can make a trade. And a team like the Celtics that has three first round picks, their their best one is at 14. But maybe what you can do there is you can push um push down. You know, you can say, all right, well, 14 and 26, and you know, I'm just throwing it out there, but Romeo Langford, you know, can that get us up to you know 10 or eight right. or something like that? And, and if that does, then then all right, now now we're in range to get the guy we like who started to slip. So yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to to monitor this draft. But you're absolutely right. Everybody's looking at the Warriors and like, what are you doing? Because they've got that they've got a massive trade exception, seventeen million dollar yep. trade exception for Iguodala, which they're expected to use. Yep, from Andre Iguodala from last year. Um, that's expected to to get them a player. And then yeah, at the draft, no, very few people expect whoever they pick it to to ever play a game for the Warriors if they even still pick at two. Right. You know, it's just most people are expecting, yeah, that's gonna be somebody else who's, you know, off to another team and go. So yeah, that's gonna be something fun to watch as well in the more immediate here. And that's NBA draft, that's the only thing we know right now, November eighteenth. That's the only date that's set in stone. Uh, for anybody who listens to this and likes to hit me up on Twitter about, hey, what about options? What about guarantee dates? Nope. Don't, <laughs> don't know those yet. They're all being talked about. They're all being negotiated. You know, when does free agency start? Don't know. Being negotiated. You know, all that stuff's all being figured out, 
you know, right now, the expectation is December 1st-ish. You know, yeah. is when free agency will kick off. So, probably, you know, the week ahead of that, um, we'll be very busy with options and qualifying offers for restricted free agents and, and all those kind of things. But but November 18th, that's all we know. Um, one thing I will touch on, too, because I had a lot of people, you know, why so late for the draft after the season, right? It's normally within a week yeah, or two, it is. you know, of the season ending. It's because of the pandemic the teams have not been able to see these players mm-hmm. in person and meet with them in their facilities. That's important for, for a couple reasons. The first is which trumps all is the medical. They've not had a chance for their own medical personnel to examine these players and get a look and be like, man, this guy's back is messed up. Yeah. You know, and that can, you know, take you off a guy or yeah, you know, I know he had that knee injury, but he's good. It's not going to bother him you know, again later. So you can't go in blind with a medical. Um, nothing puts a, takes a player off a draft board quicker than a bad medical. Um, you know, we Michael Porter Jr., right? He slipped so far in the draft because teams were, nope, back, can't do it, can't mm-hmm. go there. Um, the second part is teams relish that three, four hours when a player's in the facility. It's not about the workout and running through a whole bunch of three-point shooting drills and posting up against chairs and all that other stuff. <laughs> it is the three or four hours to talk to them and get to know them and really you know, meet with them as an individual, find out who they are as a person, because this is your last chance to do that for four years yeah. minimum before maybe they hit free agency, maybe as many as you know, eight, nine years you know, out if they sign an extension and those kind of things. Um, and now I know people, oh, there's tampering and they do those stuff. It's different, though. It's different than you know, really sitting down and talking with a guy, getting to know him one-on-one. That's why you'll see a team like the Celtics – who are in range to draft a LaMelo ball, meet with LaMelo ball, yep. because this might be our only chance to talk with them. Then if a year or two from now, we're in, in uh, range to trade for them, we're not starting from zero. We've already started that process of gathering our intel, understanding who he is. So that's all what's happening now over the next month. Um, now that they're starting, that's all starting to free up for teams to bring, bring players in or go see players and those kind of things. And those are important. And that's, that's why they needed that time. They're really cramming what generally happens from mid-April to uh, late June in that two and a half month period. They're really cramming that into this one month window. Yeah, which is which is not easy. But you're absolutely right. The relationships that they forge now are going to be really really important when those players do come in yeah, for workouts. I mean, that's how Larry Nance Jr. Be, the Lakers got sold on him in part because of his workouts. Uh, same thing with Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Uh, but Dr- Draymond Green. Yes, right? that's the famous story of coming in mm-hmm. and. Uh, blowing a drill and then being like, no, I'm doing it again. And they're like, no, it's okay. And he's like, no, I'm doing it again. <laughs> you know, and the Warriors were like, that's it. He's our guy. Now we're, we're sold. Like we're picking right. this guy when we have a chance. Yeah. And you know, I, I think the, the one that I always think back to as far as developing a relationship early or, or falling in love with a player during the draft and then that making an impact later on is Buddy Heald, right? I mean, the Kings yeah. were in love with Buddy Heald and they didn't get him in the draft. And so when the, when the opportunity came along, to ship out DeMarcus yep. Cousins, he was the guy they wanted. Now, obviously, that relationship might be a little a little fractured now, but yeah, a little different now. Yeah, yeah. but these things do matter, uh, <laughs> yeah. even if a player yeah, doesn't get drafted by a particular team. So you're absolutely right, Keith. Celtics talk about talked about it with Kemba Walker. Mm-hmm. You know, nine years into his career, and they're like, we when we met with Kemba, you know, back in the pre-draft process, you know, we knew he was a guy we you know would love to have at some point. It's like. You know, and, and, and I know some of that gets blown off as well. Yeah, you know, people just say those things, but but there's truth to that mm-hmm. stuff too. So let me ask you this just to kind of put a bow on, on all this with the draft <laughs> and, and everything. One of the things that we see happen 
is players will try to control their destination. Not every player, obviously. The players who are fringe draftees are, you know, they're happy to go wherever they can go. Um, uh, but the, but some guys, especially those, those top tier guys try to control which team Alonzo is going to draft them. Yes, oh. exactly. Right. Sorry. Refusing workouts with certain teams, right. <laughs> Making statements that they don't want to play for such and such team. Uh, I mean, it's been happening for a long time. Go back to, you know, Steve Francis, right. You can go back, uh, yeah. years and years and years before that, even yeah. before that, go to, yeah. what was it? Um, yep. Danny Manning, right. I mean, you can go one yeah. player after another, after yeah. another, you can talk about all these guys who, who kind of tried to steer, their their destination and i'm wondering with the lack of information that's out there that means the information that is available becomes that much more valuable do you anticipate more players trying to direct themselves to a particular team or a particular market or situation this year like is that going to be especially effective it's a good question um maybe I guess I, you know, I know it's kind of a, you know, copping out <laughs> yes there and not giving a real answer. <laughs> um, I, I think it really depends on the player and the organization. I think it probably is if you're, for example, if LaMelo Ball starts making it like, I don't want to go to Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to play for the Timberwolves. Yeah, it becomes a lot more likely than the Timberwolves might look to do something different. Right. Or if it's a, um, you know, I don't want to go to the Warriors because I don't want to sit behind, you know, Steph and Clay and, uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins, and I want to be play right away, you know, and those kind of things. Maybe that changes things a little, you know. Um, yeah, it, it could. I, I don't think it challenges. I don't know that anybody in this draft has kind of the the status to yeah. say, you know, I do or don't want to go somewhere. I think, you know, you've got to be a pretty special player to pull that off because otherwise teams are like, yeah, I don't really care what you want. Right. You're coming to play here, and we'll figure it all out later. And and sometimes that comes back to Burnham. You know, in a few years, when the guy's a free agent, he's like, I'm out. I'm not staying. You know, yeah. and that's you know that'll get you there. But yeah, I, and the other thing is too. Let's never forget all of these teams, whether it be the owners, the coaches, the players. They all have egos. Where it's once you're here, you'll you'll be mm-hmm. fine. You know, once you're here, you'll love it. You know, it's that's uh, what gets said about every cold weather uh, NBA city. Right. Is, you know, everybody makes fun of it, you know, but once you're here, you'll love it. Right. The Raptors have been kind of preaching that since they got into the <laughs> NBA. Something the Celtics say right. a lot is, you know, once you're in Boston, you know, guys love it and those kind of things. And in general, I tend to find that's more true than not. Yeah. You know, I think then it's a few years and it becomes about, can I win here? Because the money's almost always going to be the same. Yeah. You know, somewhere you're, you're, you know, I mean, super maxes and all these other things, they haven't worked the way they really wanted them to. They, they, you know, they, they helped some, but not enough. I think in some cases it might even hurt a couple teams. I think it, it just comes down to, can I win? And that's, you know, when, when the money is roughly the same everywhere, it's where do I want to be and can I win? And that's, you know, what, what trumps all. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I think that's ultimately yep. what it does boil down to for a lot of these players. Um, and you're right. You know, the, the climate might matter to some. Like, we'll have to ask D'Angelo yeah. Russell in, in January how much he's enjoying <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. Um, you know, there's so, and then you tell some players, hey, come to Phoenix. It's a it's a dry heat. It's totally fine that it's 120 degrees, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Uh, but yeah. ultimately, it's going to come down to winning, especially in, in this day and age. 
All right. Yep. So, Keith, I think we did a pretty good general overall we look at did. the NBA offseason, what's coming up. Now, in the coming weeks, we're going to be getting into specific teams and breaking some things down for all of those teams and then getting ready for the NBA draft and everything else that's going to come with it. But is there anything that you want to want to finish up with here? Anything that you want to toss out there? Yeah, I think um, let's uh, have a sense that this is going to be a different offseason. Mm-hmm. Than last year, um, one there's 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 no summer league for massive uh, wide ma- trades happening, right. you know. While half the East Coast is going to bed, you know, <laughs> me, me and you aren't going to be uh you know texting at you know eleven o'clock at night <laughs> Vegas time like holy crap we gotta you know sit in the hotel room and record tomorrow. That's right, you know, off one mic. <laughs> um, <laughs> that did happen. You know, I think it's gonna be <laughs> that did happen. Um, I think it's gonna be a little different. Um, from that from that perspective um but i still think it's going to be a lot of fun i think it's going to be because i think some people think well this draft is kind of eh. you know this off season is going to be yeah i don't think so i think it's still going to be a lot of stuff happening and i think there is this sense right now it this is not a knock on the lakers by any means but i think there's a sense of things are still pretty wide open mm-hmm. and i think Absolutely. teams feel like we can get right in there you know on both conferences and i bet just like going into the bubble there were eight or nine teams that felt like if things break our way we can win this thing i think there's you're going to hit next season with at least that many teams and you know and then you've got a couple like the warriors and the nets who are going to be back yeah right and be back kind of more to prominence than what they've been or at least we assume they will be so so yeah i think we're really looking at a you know off season where teams are like hold on don't like we got to make a couple moves and we're gonna be right in on this thing and the cool thing is you know if if, uh you know if everything holds with us we'll be able to you know kind of get through get into all of it and do all that stuff so which i'm excited about as well yeah it's gonna be a blast tons of stuff to cover lots of excitement so uh so for those of you watching those of you listening and by the way you should be making sure that you do uh rate review and subscribe over on apple podcast to the nba front office show and don't forget to also subscribe to the lakers nation youtube channel which is where this video is going out um but just know i've been saying this a ton lately the nba season is over that does not mean that the NBA is done. We have so <laughs> much to get into. This is actually the busy time for a lot of us like Keith and myself. There is so much going on this offseason in terms of trades, in terms of the draft, free agency, everything else, coaching changes. We've got all kinds of things to dive into. So make sure you guys do stay right here. All right, Keith, man, this was, this was a lot of fun. And uh, let's definitely do this again next week. Sounds good to me. All right, guys, make sure you do follow Keith at Keith Smith NBA on Twitter. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. And again, don't forget, guys, we love getting those ratings over on Apple Podcasts. So make sure you go and, and uh, rate us. Yes, please give us a five-star review and then uh, send us a few comments. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show. And uh, and we always like reading those as well. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see you.